0: Why are Jews called the chosen people? And is Jesus the fulfillment of God's covenant with David? Let's find out. I'm Rabbi Jordan Parr, and this is Torah for Christians. Welcome to Torah for Christians. I'm Rabbi Jordan Parr. God's Breit, the covenant that God made with the Jewish people, is an eternal one, yet there is no one overarching Breit in the Hebrew Bible. There are at least three different covenants, each with its own importance for ancient Israel, for Jews today, and for Christians. While God made a covenant with Noah, by which God would never again destroy the earth by water, The first breach God makes with the Jewish people is with Abraham. In Genesis chapter 12, God promises Abram that his descendants will be as numerous as the stars in the sky and the sands of the seashore. God designates the land of Canaan, later known as the land of Israel, as a permanent home for Abram and his descendants. When we later meet Jacob dreaming of a ladder reaching up to heaven, God promises that Jacob's descendants will spread from the western sea eastward and from northern Canaan to the Negev. The exact dimensions are vague. According to Professor Michael Grassanti, this type of covenant is called a grant covenant. God, the grantor of the covenant, makes a promise to a vassal, in this case to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, in a sequential reaffirmation of the breed. God promises land and descendants, but expects nothing in return. God says in Genesis 12, I will make of you a great nation, and I will bless you. Those who bless you, I will bless, and those who curse you, I will curse. And all the families of the earth shall be blessed through you. God is the ultimate and unconditional guarantor. But Israel has no obligation in return. It is only in a later chapter that God adds a sign of the covenant, circumcision, called in Hebrew, yet the original covenant makes no mention of any obligation. In contrast, the Mosaic covenant is like a treaty. God's promise is still present, but this time Israel has obligations. As conveyed through Moses, God's beneficence is dependent upon Israel fulfilling the mitzvot, the 613 commandments found in the Torah. As we read in Leviticus chapter 26, If you walk in my laws and observe my commandments and do them, I will grant your rains in their season and give the earth abundance. Observe the mitzvot and God rewards Israel. Failure brings about the destruction of the people, removal from the land, and a separation from God and God's love. God's breit, God's covenant with Moses, is dependent upon the Israelites following the terms of the agreement as laid out in the Torah. The third major breit of the Bible is the Davidic covenant, found in Second Samuel chapter 7. Like with Abraham, this is a grant covenant. God promises to make David's name great. In addition, God's promise to Abraham finds its fulfillment with the territorial expansion of the Davidic empire. The unique promise of the Davidic covenant is found in chapter 7, verse 12, that the seed of David shall never depart from the throne of Israel. And in verse 15, God promises that I will never withdraw my favor from him. God granted David and his house eternal rule over Israel. And for over 400 years, a descendant of David ruled over Judah. This is the origin of the concept of the Jewish Messiah. When the Davidic dynasty came to an end with the destruction of the first temple, the Messiah as a son of David kept God's promise alive. Even though there was no Davidic king on the throne of Judah, Jews believed that a new Davidic king, the Messiah, would one day arise, restore Israel to its former glory, and usher in a new kingdom of God. We'll see how this plays out in Christian thought after a short break. I'm Rabbi Jordan Parr, and this is Torah for Christians. Welcome back. I'm Rabbi Jordan Parr, and you are listening to Torah for Christians. Before we return to our discussion of Covenant, I want to thank you for listening to this podcast. Please remember to rate and review this episode, as well as previous episodes on Apple, Spotify, and other great podcasting sites. Also, you can like us on Facebook and Instagram, where links to previous episodes are found, and you are free and welcome to comment. Now, let's take a look at a major point of contention between Jews and Christians, whether or not belief in Jesus is a new covenant, a covenant that replaces God's promises to the Jewish people in the Hebrew Bible. Or to put it in other words, does the New Testament, literally the new covenant in its exact Hebrew translation, replace the Old Testament? Is a covenant 2.0? Paul chooses an interesting text from the Hebrew Bible itself to argue this point. In Jeremiah chapter 31, verse 31, the prophet writes, See, a time is coming, declares the Eternal, when I will make a new covenant with the house of Israel and the house of Judah. In Hebrews chapter 8, Paul asserts that God replaced the Jews with a different people worthy of the divine covenant. Namely, the Christian church, because they reject Jesus as the Messiah, the Christ. To Paul, God's covenant with the Jewish people now flows through Jesus, not through observance of the laws and the Torah. Many Jewish Christians saw the fall of the temple in 70 CE as proof positive that Jeremiah was referring to them. In Hebrews chapter 9, we read, But when Christ came as high priest, He went through the greater and more perfect tabernacle that is not made with human hands. That is to say, is not a part of this creation. He did not enter by means of the blood of goats and calves, but he entered the most holy place once and for all by his own blood, thus obtaining eternal redemption. How much more than will the blood of Christ, who through the eternal spirit offered himself unblemished to God, cleanse our consciousness from acts that lead to death, so that we may serve the living God. The blood of Jesus replaced the blood of the animal sacrificed on the temple altar. The lamb of God replaced the lamb of the altar. Paul takes Jeremiah's vision of the new covenant and turns it on its head. To Paul, the blood of Christ replaces the temple sacrifices and atones for human frailties. Only through Christ can a person achieve salvation. To Paul, this is the new covenant a statement that belief in Jesus as the Christ supersedes the blood, the breed found in the Hebrew Bible. But Jews understand that prophets prophesy for their time, for their contemporary audience. While their words speak to us today, their prophecies are not predictive of the future. They do not, I repeat, they do not come true hundreds of years later in a time that they cannot envision. Reading further into this passage, we find that Jeremiah's new covenant is indeed with the house of Israel. He prophesied, I will put my Torah within them and inscribe it upon their hearts. Then. I will be their God, and they will be my people. Being that the passage is directed at the Jews of his day, we clearly see that there is no second covenant. Instead, God will renew the original breed, the breed of Moses, with the descendants of these same people who have for the moment forsaken them. Ultimately, then, this boils down to a matter of faith. We will agree to disagree. Yet the concept of supersessionism asserts that the church replaces the Jewish people as the beneficiary of God's breed. This has caused tremendous pain throughout history. Our differing concepts of covenant are fundamental, and sometimes these differing concepts have led to tragic results. Perhaps if both faiths put their trust in Abraham and realize that Christianity grew out of Judaism, Both our faiths can benefit from God's promise to Abraham that those who who bless you, God will bless. If we bless each other and bless all who believe in the one God, we will quickly and permanently make this world a better place. And perhaps then we can welcome the Messiah back amongst us. And whether it is the Messiah's first or second visit will be irrelevant. Next week, our topic will be miracles. What are miracles? How do they happen? And do they happen today? It's a lively topic. I hope that you can join us. I want to thank you for listening to Tour for Christians. Please remember to rate and review this episode, as well as previous episodes on Apple, Spotify, and other great podcasting sites. Also, you can like us on Facebook and Instagram, where links to previous episodes are found and comments are welcome. Have a great day and remember, Inei Matovu Menahim Gam Yachad, how good and how pleasant it is for us to dwell together in unity. till we see each other again. I'm Rabbi Jordan Parr, and this has been Torah for Christians. Thank you.